Good evening and welcome back to the 8pm debrief cookout. It's been a while. Uh, I'm your co-host, good old F1 Black, and what a summer it's been. Uh, I wish I could say the same for Spa, but it certainly gives us more to cook. Uh, but look, um, you could probably tell by the tone of my voice, I, I need to start with a bit of bad news. Those of you in the know, um, you know that in Stripping and Dipping, we record lots of our interviews two weeks out and, and Georgie keeps us busy. So the latest interviews with Jim Leo and Sabra Cook actually were recorded by Dens maybe two weeks ago. Um, so I'm sorry to say that, well, no one's seen AMG Dens since he competed in Le Mans. Georgie and I have tried everything. Uh, we even got Liam Lawson on the case, but to no avail. So I'm afraid it's just you and me tonight. Um, but, you know, we'll make the best of it. <laughs> AMG Dens, who's that? This is the new, the new improved, the new ready, new raring to go. Stone Cold Dance Austin. Call me Mr. Chimney because I want smoke. I want peace, not problems. As I enter my new villain era. Oh my god, what's going on? Or should I what am I calling you now? Stone Cold Dance? What's your name? Man, call me Mr. Chimney, because tonight I want smoke. Mr. Chimney. Okay, well. Mr. Chimney, I, I've certainly got a, a long list of uh, things to cook. Um, so I don't know. Without further ado, shall we start talking about the Saltfish Patty Award? Oh, gosh, Black. Let's get into that one. Because on the topic of smoke, this guy can go on the barbecue grill. <laughs> well, um, those of you uh, who've been hiding under a rock uh, may have missed the first lap of the Belgian Grand Prix. In fact, being completely honest, it was most pretty much 90% of what I watched of the Grand Prix and then turned it off. Uh, we're here to talk about uh, Fernando Alonso uh, and his coming together with Lewis Hamilton. Um, I'm sure we can get on to the blame game a bit later, but what we're here to cook, and I'm certainly uh, turning up the grill on this one, is after the uh, event, uh, Fernando Alonso had some choice words over the radio where Lewis an idiot and he suggested that Lewis could only win from uh, the front uh, forgetting the fact that Lewis I think has 42 wins from not pole position uh, meaning that's I think 10 more than Alonso has secured in his entire career um, but so so yeah Alonso called him an idiot he wagged the finger as he passed him uh, down the down the sort of back straight um, and then you know Alonso uh, we've got hashtag going, obviously, uh, salty since 07. We know it's been salty since 07, but you think, you know, there's adrenaline going in the car. It turns out mm, he still backed up those words after the race. Uh, so for me, Alonso, a, a prime recipient of the Saltfish Patty Award. Uh, Mr. Chimney, uh, what do you think about this? Black, Uncle Lancelot has no shame. That man has no shame. Imagine getting absolutely dismantled by Esteban Ocon. Esteban, Esteban, as Martin Brando once said on the gridwalk. And then he's so washed up, Alpine wouldn't even offer him a multi-year deal because he's washed up like the ocean. You know, but it's nice to know that Alonso still lives in Lewis's uh, mind or more the other way around, Lewis still lives in Alonso's <laughs> mind rent-free. 
because the way Alonso moves, that guy has PTSD from 2007. I think he should get some therapy for that. But yeah, when when I look at it, F um F1 Black, I think that uh, you know Lewis definitely admitted fault, and um you know I, I think that he was the bigger man in taking some accountability. Ultimately, for me, I think that portion had to be blamed to Alonso too. I think down on your side of the pond in the UK, they say it takes two to tangle. I don't know about tangoing. What I know about is dagger, dagger, dagger. But, you know, that's that's just what Mr. Chimney does in his spare time. But, uh, yeah, it takes two to tangle. And I think if Uncle Alonso, if he's going into the corner with Max or Charles, he would have braked way earlier and conceded the position entering into the corner. But because it was Lewis, because it was the GOAT, he distastefully had to try and stick it up the inside. And he also was to blame for that incident, I feel. You know, and then you also talked about it. You mentioned called Lewis an idiot. You mentioned that he said that Lewis only knows how to drive from, like, you know, the start of the grid. Or, or he only knows how to win races from the front. But how can you say that when, you know, Lewis has been dominating the sport. Basically, he has more wins, not from pole, than Alonso has got in his entire washed-up career. And on top of that as well, we saw that excellent display last year when Lewis Hamilton absolutely toasted everybody in the grid at Brazil 2021. Ah, uh, what an embarrassment. I mean, yeah, so I, I, I'm probably going to lose some followers by saying, you know, uh, Alonso was not obliged to back out. I knew as soon as you kind of see the start, they go through La Source, you can see Hamilton's that perfect distance behind Alonso through a rouge, you're like, okay, so Alonso's going to park it on the inside, down the straight, and uh, Hamilton's going to have to go the hard way round. And uh, you knew Alonso wasn't going to back out. You knew it wasn't going to back out. So, you know, it's an interesting one. For me, maybe it suggests that that W13 is definitely weighing on Lewis's mind. Because in a previous year, you know, if Lewis was in the championship fight, you've seen him, you know, uh, be very, very um, tentative on, on the first lap or on restarts. Um, but, you know, he thought, right, get this done because some guy had a rocket ship uh, in P14 and they're for it to win the race. But we'll get on to that later. So, so yeah, I think a, a great recipient of the self Mr. Alonso, um, which I think Alonso was also uh, trending uh, this weekend. It's been, yeah, if the race was terrible, at least uh, the Twitter trends were, were up there. Um, and F1 um, Black, yeah. I also need to say, man, I also need to say, DFIA need to get some smoke as well, my homie, because look at this, look at this, you know. Obviously, they set a president in Austria where they said if a car goes round the outside and they're ahead by the apex of the corner, that the corner is theirs and that they're entitled to some space. But yesterday, you know, Alonso wasn't ahead by the apex of the corner and yet still completely took out my boy Lewis and then on top of that, gets no penalty from the FIA. What's your comments on that, bro? Yeah, I mean, so I thought the penalty in Austria was uh, stupid. Um, I've got a feeling that the rules have been rewritten this season. I know that Bradley Philpot does a great um, analysis on on his channel uh, on Through the Visor on YouTube, cheap plug, um, where he he's kind of looked at the overtaking rules. And, you know, if I'm trying to be charitable to the FIA, and I really shouldn't be at this stage, uh, in Austria, I think it was Russell trying to overtake and he was on the inside. Uh, and then similarly um, in Spa, or sorry, the opposite in Spa, it was Hamilton trying to overtake and he was on the outside. But yeah, for me, Austria, stupid decision here. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to enforce precedent, as you say, then Hamilton, um, you know, Alonso should have been penalised. It wouldn't have made a difference. Hamilton 
was told to stop the car in sector three. Um, and then, you know, let's cover it now. Um, so no one came, uh, so his, his engine didn't fail, but no one came because the car's hot. No one came with an extinguisher and he had to go to the fence and beg for an extinguisher and then come back to the car on his own and try and sort of douse that, that hot um, Mercedes-Benz engine. And then he had to walk, you know, trying to calculate it, it's like 20 seconds down that back straight. So 100 miles an hour, 100, sorry, 180 miles an hour average, you're looking at about a mile. Um, and they were like, no, no, you, you, you uh, douse the fire of your car, you walk a mile back, but then we're going to warn you if you don't come to the medical center. So yeah, a complete mess, the decisions uh, this season, but also that, that penalizing it, it smacks of jewelry gate. It's uh, I think targeting Lewis, but you know, I don't know what you think about that. Mr. Dens or Mr. Chimney, whatever I should call you. Man, I'm Mr. Chimney today. Don't you hear them of voice? <laughs> but yeah, man, I agree with you. The FIA just be on some clown stuff, man. The FIA, they're like a huge circus because how are they going to leave my boy Lewis out there after he tried to reti retire the car safely and then they even send a medical car to him. So hear this. They didn't even send a medical car to him, but then they gave him a warning for not going to the medical center. I mean, you can't be serious, dog. Yeah, I mean, thankfully they only gave him a warning. Um, but there we are. So Man, they're Lewis. moving like they want to arrest him. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, I wouldn't put it past them at this stage. If he if he was in contention for the for the championship, I'm sure they'd tone it up. This is this is how they treat him when he's I don't know sixth or whatever it is. Uh, you know, who knows if he was second or first. So so tell me, Mister Chimney. Um, we, we saw Lewis owning up. I don't think there are other drivers, well, many other drivers that would immediately put their hands up and say, you know what, today I made the mistake. Uh, a cheeky smile when he, he talks about different results in his career and Alonso's career when asked to comment on Alonso's, uh, on the Alonso's statement. And uh, I think today he's tweeted a few screenshots of the FIA. Uh, uh, is not lost on most people that follow Lewis. So, uh, for the next race. But of course, um, you know, we, I don't know. I don't know what you think, uh, Mr. Chimney. Um, and maybe we need to pay our respects as we move on to the second topic. But for me, I think we need to, you know, mourn the passing of this year's championship. Uh, what do you think? I, I think it's over. What do you think? Man, it's a little sad for them boys in red, man. You know, shout out to my boy Mario. Shout out to my boy Luigi. Them, Ita them <laughs> Italians, they're going out really sad. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, they're going backwards instead of forwards, man. It's like they might as well make a spin-off movie of Back to the Future because they're just going back. You know, I mean, where do I even start with it, F1 Black, man? I mean, I tell you, they wasted the set of soft tires for Charles Leclerc and the qualifying. Or so I say Chuck Leclerc. Then, you know, they unnecessarily took that risk by trying to box my guy Charles for the fastest lap. All he did was the fastest lap through the pits as he got a speeding penalty. <laughs> then don't even get me started on my boy Carlos, man, Carlita. They did him dirty. Absolutely shocking, man. They didn't even go up to go and celebrate with my boy. My boy got left back like Luke Shaw. 
Like, it was unbelievable, man. I, I just don't know F1, Blake. It looks like the technical directives really hit them in terms of the pace. And the only positive I got to say, man, is at least the communication was better. I mean, it was like a two-way thing going back and forth between the engineer and Charles. You know, somebody said that in Zanvoort, the Ferrari strategies, they're going to be sending Charles Leclerc a questionnaire to fill out when he's driving next time. <laughs> all these questions. Yeah, I mean, honestly, when, when I heard him saying, like, what? What what tires what tires it is when he was in Q three? It's like, yeah, I think twenty twenty two is done. I think Max has won his first title. Uh, what do you think, Chimney? Do you think uh, this sews it up for Max? Man, of course it does, man. They gave Max the open goal in soccer. I mean football. But yeah, man. I mean, just look at Red Bull, man. They they just come back from this summer break with new technical directive in, in force. And man, they're going quicker than anybody, man. I never seen a, a F1 driver do a drift on the final corner as they went to take the checkered flag, man. Mike's Verstappen be drifting on his arms. Yeah, I think I think it's over. I think Ferrari have made it, you know, cooking Ferrari at this point, it feels like it's a charcoal, like you've actually overburned them. It's just so regular that they make and definitely man, at some F- point gone. Man, F1 Black, like we roast Ferrari so much on this channel, they're not even cigarette no more. They're just resin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's over. Oh, they're baked. It's 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 sad to see. I honestly I think up until the, the halfway point. Ferrari should have been competitive. They should have been, you know, getting those race wins. Uh, but now looking at the pace of Red Bull, they've had their chance now, Ferrari. And that's that feels like it could be it for the season. So, um, you know, when Perez is ahead of Leclerc, you know, well, you know, not to put any shade on Perez, but it's not like Ferrari, uh, not like Red Bull give him the right car, not like they care about strategies. So if he finishes ahead of the lead Ferrari, then you know that Red Bull's got, got the edge. So Ferrari, you've you've wasted your your chance again. Um, and who knows when you're going to win another constructors or drivers title? It feels a long way off. So tell me, uh, you've got the US connection. Judging by your accent, I'd I'd approximate it in the Western Hemisphere somewhere. Um, so uh, you you may have come across a guy called Big Daddy Brown, and he he's been in the you know the transfer market looking for. Looking for talent, it's he's signing up signing up drivers like there's no tomorrow. We've cooked him before, but you know I think today it's probably time to to uh, to to cook one of the drivers he doesn't want on the basis that if he's signing up all these drivers and there's one guy he doesn't want, you've got to be pretty pretty subpar, pretty bad. Um, and and sadly, that's that's where Danny Danny Rick is. Um, Mr. Chimney, what's your what's your assessment on on the Honey Badger? Man, well, firstly of all, shout out to to Shug Brown. I mean, I mean Zach Knight. You know, um, Big Daddy Brown, the the CEO of McLaren Death Row Records. You know, he's he's one of the goats, man. He's one of the goats. He's up there with Georgina. Georgina's the boss too. Shout out to Georgina, man. She's the goat. But anyway, Black, yeah, to get to your question, man, boy, the the smiling um honey badger. He's not smiling no more, boy. It's looking all sad for him. Boy. He's looking like a lonely kangaroo during the mating season because he ain't got nobody. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I mean, firstly of all, man, Daniel Ricardo helmet sucks, man. It looks like it was designed by some hippies on some bad acid, dude. And then don't even let me get you, get you started on what my boy Uncle Cyril said. Uncle Cyril said that it wasn't going to be the right move for him. And he just bunny hopped himself out of a supporting team. 
So, you know, when, when I look at Daniel Ricardo, man, the, the evil villain aside of me, because I am Mr. Chimney today. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, man, like the villain aside of me doesn't feel no sympathy for, for, for Mr. Danny Rick, man, because he had it coming. I mean, firstly of all, he tried to duck out for Max Verstappen at the Red Bullies. Then he was at Renault, just like I mentioned as well, and then he dipped. And then he was gone to McLaren, and now he's getting dipped in sauce by Lando Norris. So I can't believe it, man. And you know, the thing is, F1 Black, I think it takes some, t- some people and some drivers a while to adjust to the car. And I think McLaren can take some responsibility too, you know, in not trying to basically integrate my boy Danny Rick into the team and car to suit his driving style. But you know what? You know what the saying goes, F1 Black. It's like trying to train a bear to ride a bike. Man, it could probably be done. But the time it takes, McLaren just don't have. Because, you know, you look at the championship, they're losing out to Alpine and the constructors, and they can't afford to go even more back, man. So they had no other option. They had to get rid of my boy Danny Rick, you know. So it's kind of a messed up situation for Homie because now his options are limited. He might just have to drive for Haas with Gunter Steiner and, and my boy, the, 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 K, the, the K-Mac. You know, and, and on top of that as well, it looks unlikely that he'll get a driving seat with a championship contending team again. Man, I just think Daniel Ricciardo should just, um, just like hang up his boots personally. And I think he should do some NASCAR or something like that, man. It'd be good to see him driving on ovals with Kimi and damn guys there. Yeah, I mean, the, th- the, problem, the problem with Danny Rick is you feel sorry for him. And then you think, well, hang on. He's a grown adult. He's an elite athlete. Would you, you know... When in Michael Schumacher's career would you feel sorry for him or, you know, people that are at the very top of the sport, they find a way to either make a team work for them or leave on their own terms. And Ricardo, you know, he, he took a while to settle into to Renault and yeah, okay, beat um, uh, Ocon, who'd been out of the sport for a year or two. Um, he beat Hulkenberg, who, you know, in terms of his career trajectory was on the way down. You know, so he's perhaps favoured, favourable comparison. He came to uh, McLaren and sure, I don't trust Lando Norris as far as I could throw him. And he's a small guy, so I'm sure I could throw him a long way. But yeah, you know, Norris has probably made it uh, uncomfortable for him there. But, you know, it was on Ricardo who, you know, he gets described by the number of wins he's got. Is it eight-time risk winner, Danny Ricardo? So uh, the best guy not to win a championship, the source of what he was branding himself as. Uh, and yeah... It's not worked for him, and I think he should take responsibility for that. What's really, you know, one thing I can't cook him uh, about is the money that he's getting McLaren to pay it <laughs> to leave. So, um, you know, your man, uh, Shug uh, Brown or, or, or Zach Knight, he, he definitely lost about £20 million uh, pounds because um, I, think that, <laughs> I think Zach Brown was trying to get Ricciardo to do IndyCar. Uh, and that that would mean that McLaren wouldn't have to pay him off. And of course, Ricardo said no. So I, if I had to put my money on it, Ricardo's out of F1. He might go to um, an extra 20 million in his pocket, but I'm not sure I see it. But ultimately, if your dream's F1 you, uh, and you've got that level of competition, it's on you to make it happen. So he got cooked this week. Um, <laughs> Do you, do you honestly see him in IndyCar next year, Mr. Chimney, at one of your one of your local tracks? Man, 
man, I hope he be tearing it up with Alex Pillow and, and Colin Herder and them guys there, man. I think that IndyCar, NASCAR will be the ultimate place, my boy Danny Rick. But you know what? You know, I think I've been a bit harsh because I am in my villain bag. Come on. Ah, 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 ah. But, uh, you know, I, I think that you still got a glimpse of talent inside there. Good old Danny Rick, yeah, Ricardo and that, man. I think that, you know, if he goes to a team like Haas, he might, you know, be able to be his usual goofy self. But at the same time, you know, pull out a couple of results here and there. So I, I don't think it's the end of the world for Danny Rick, man. But yeah, I think if you look at it from the other perspective, I think McLaren could have handled that one a bit better too. But you know, it's like what I always say, man. My boy Zach Knight, aka Shug Brown, aka Big Daddy Boy, he, he just be ruling, man. He just be pimping. My guy got Lando Norris. My guy got Ricardo, which is on his way out. My guy got Colton Herder trying to get feel. My guy. I got you know he got a young plantain piastri trying to bust case as well i even heard that they might even look at gasly you know the, the french monsieur for a seat if things don't work out so man my boy zach brown be just getting w's and i don't mean bmw's either i mean w's yeah and uh you know we'll probably cook oscar piastri next week because uh it will the contract recognition board is probably meeting just as we uh, record this episode. Um, and I heard that Piastri is no longer even uh, Alpine's preferred um, driver for next season. So it's that Alpine are probably at that recognition board partly for the money. Uh, they want to get some more money out of your out of your boy, uh, Shug Brown, but also um, partly out of spite because I think that Otmar feels let down. Uh, and the team feel let down by a guy that they've put through all of the junior formula. So, so that will be next week. I think we're going to cook Piastri. Who knows? Um, we're going to Zambor and then Monza. You know, fingers crossed that Ricciardo can pull something out of the bag. But judging by this season, it seems unlikely. Um, speak, speaking of the bag, um, uh, Mr. Mr. 50-50 uh, count from Sesame Street, Frank Bruno from the 1990s. Can you tell me, um, did you pick up your uh, plus four four duffel? Uh, did you oh, manage to get any of that? Of course. You know how I roll F1 black. They, they call me the styling, profiling, smooth operator. You know how I move, man. I got the Gucci. I got the Versace. I don't even know how to spell Versace, but I, I got Versace on. But yeah, man, I saw my boy Lewis, his ultra entrepreneur, you know, just styling and profiling on the internet. He's got this new merch, uh, Plus 44. I think that's the UK area code or something like that. But I, I don't know about that because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Brooklyn boy born and raised but yeah man i think you know it's probably a good uh market employ by lewis hamilton and it worked to great success because it got everybody talking about his new merchandise but um personally I, I did feel sorry for the people you know me f1 black i'm a man of the people first and i think that you know the way that they were letting people in and then kicking people out well, you know a couple people in a couple people out sounds a bit like mclaren but anyway you know it was a bit divisive you know and i, I feel that you know if, if you're gonna do something like this it's nice when all the folks can can get a little something you know what i'm saying and then um yeah man like you know gladly they opened up up the access to everybody so even the max Verstappen trolls and the orange rats could could get a look at the merch and, and get some um styling and profiling uh fashion cues but boy 
let me tell you, them shipping costs, they were astronomical, boy. I'm telling you, everybody's financial situation is a bit different. So my final word in this one, Black, is I feel that, you know, like everybody's financial situation is different. Nobody should feel less of a fan of Lewis if they can't afford or if they can't justify spending that amount of money on the shipping because the shipping, oh, boy, let me tell you, it was more than Alpine's budget next year. I'm telling you, man. Telling you, you know, and 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 you know, just just getting into it as well. Buying a T-shirt does not automatically make you a top team LH fan. Let me just put that out there. Let me repeat that for all the guys in the back. Buying a T-shirt does not make you a number one fan. Let's get that in there. So people should only feel comfortable spending what they should spend, you know. And um, yeah, I think social media has a nasty knack of creating unnecessary clout chasing and competition among us. Yeah, and uh, what <laughs> uh, I, I'm definitely um, not the guy to talk about merch because the last merch I bought was bought for me by my mum in about 1998 at the Italian Grand Prix. A You're still styling, Black. You're still styling. Well, you still fit you're my still large like... cranium. <laughs> Man, you're still looking like a young Louis Farouk. <laughs> my money doesn't jiggle, jiggle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, that's a banger. Shout out to Louis Farouk and uh, Georgina, which I heard was the air and off for that banger. Yeah, I co-produced that one. Uh, but, you know, that was my vocals on the track. Um, oh. So, yeah, like... I, I I don't get merch. I as in from the sense of I don't buy it. But I also looking at the price. I I don't know. Maybe growing up broke was like a blessing in disguise. I can't particularly if shipping's twenty dollars or whatever it was. Ah, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those uh, deals, uh, Mister Chimney, that you'll be well aware of. Where you know you might call it shipping, but you know it's paying for something else. I don't know. Who knows? Um, I'm not going to cook Lewis on it. I might cook the people around him. Um, Lewis is signed up for something in good faith that you can't expect a guy that's trying to raise charity maybe like I'm not the target market uh, maybe maybe uh, maybe you are Mr. Mr. Chimney you tell me. Man, F1 Black, the, the Mercedes engineers need to ship their ass back to the factory because that W13 is trash. Well, it's uh, the I believe some was going to bear fruit. Maybe now I'm jumping on a bandwagon, but it just feels so forlorn to be 1.8 seconds off of a guy that did one run in Q3. Um, so yeah, Mercedes working hard. I'm sure they are, but maybe the concept underlying it's flawed. Being, uh, you know, Mark Hughes did a good um, article today, um, and I think this was the largest percentage deficit they had. Even going back to like Bahrain, going back to any track this season, you know, when you thought all hope was lost, Monaco, uh, the Friday in Montreal, all these performances, um, the Mercedes was closer than it was this weekend to the front. So. Yeah, to go from pole to 1.8 seconds off, um, Mercedes probably need to look in the mirror. If if they're um, if they're doing this sort of in a not purposely, but if they're focusing all their money on next year, I get it. But they these guys need to be cooked as well. It's it's not it's not good enough. And I know that Lewis was sort of saying things through the weekend and George as well. You know, we're Mercedes. It's not where we want to be. Um, let's not forget they were out qualified by both Alpines and that whole issue with 
Alonso would not have happened if uh, if the car just had the performance on a Saturday, let alone a Sunday. So Mercedes, you've got two races, uh, different tracks. You've got Zambor, higher downforce. You've got Monza, top speed. I don't even want to think what the car's going to look like down the down the straight in Monza, but you've got two races to, to kind of keep my confidence that Lewis is going to win a race this season. Otherwise, you know, you're on fraud watch at the moment. You might be going into the pot in a couple of weeks. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Chimney, tell me, uh, Mercedes Aero team, uh, on fraud watch for you? Are they in the pot already? Where do you place them? How close are they to the kitchen? Most deaf F1 black. Oh, man, them Mercedes Aero team boys, they're having a howler. Very embarrassing and luck lackluster performance from the W13 at the weekend. I mean, Mercedes promised us upgrades, but the upgrades came looking like Centaurian Lewis. It was all a lie. But jokes aside, man, let me compose myself. Let me compose myself real quick, man, because, man, I agree with Lewis. They need to divert the attention to next year's car before they fall behind the race. You know, I mean, you know, they fall behind the development race because look, look at the Look at the thing, F1 Black. The thing is that with the RB18 and the F175, there'll be evolutions of already successful race cars. They have less work to do. You see the W14, they're going to have to do a complete revolution because they got to do more work and do it from scratch with a completely new philosophy. You know, and if I'm my boy Toto Wolf, I mean Toto Mugabe, if I'm Toto Mugabe, I'm rallying up everybody in the design and research department, Mike Elliott and the entire, uh, you know, aero department. Because their heads be first against the wall for this lackluster performance of a car that they've built. You know, and that's the thing as well, F1 Black, there's no excuse for failure next season. Lewis is deserving of a world championship contending car, and so is uh, George, after all the promises he's shown. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the this this is um, going to be a bit of a worry, because if you look at any of the dominant teams, you know, there's a few that have just dropped off, but for um, Red Bull... Could, could have stopped developing their car, you know, before the summer break. They could just be working full, 100% full throttle on their RB2000 million, whatever the car is going to be next year. Uh, and they will, you know, they will have that head start as well, given the car this season's already 1.8 seconds ahead. So, yeah, um, I still want Lewis's record to be kept. Maybe it's going to have to be one of those Ocon, Gasly, uh, Ricciardo star wins, which will be, you know, depressing, but, you know, Hopefully, there's a race where the circuit uh, where the circuit favors the W13, um, and you know I want the win to come for Lewis. Uh, there I said it, you know. Um, so so we'll see. They're definitely kind of creeping their way towards the pot, and uh, you know there's only so many times that they can say, "Oh, we had a slightly better performance. We know exactly what we need to do," and then they come to the next race and they have no clue. Um, although I will say before we kind of move to that next point. It is odd, right, that the FIA start enforcing the floor rules. Ferrari dropped back. Uh, the average race pace, I think it looked like George was mixing it up with um, and the Ferraris. So maybe Lewis would have been faster. But the, the, Red, the Red Bull is the only car that's not lost performance with that new, um, you know, enforcement. So it's very, 
very very peculiar i wonder what they're doing it does remind me of um when ferrari had that trick engine a few years ago but we'll see we'll see the fia get cooked a lot as well so you know they're they're going to be dust uh by the end of the year if we're not careful so um Mr. Chimney, any further remarks on our good friends at Brackley before we, we talk about your cousin uh, and what happened to him in Le Mans? Man, listen to this F1 black. I mean, the Mercedes guys know how to do it. They've been dominating F1 for the last eight years. You know, the, you know, you know Mercedes, they, they don't take nothing laying down. They're always pushing. But, man, they got to do way better than they've been doing this season, man, because it's been so disappointing. And after what happened to Lewis Hamilton and Abu Dhabi, he definitely deserves a lot better than what he's going through now, man. So I pray. I pray for them that they can, they can do a prayer circle around that W13, or else it's definitely not going to get a spot in the Stuttgart Museum at the end of the season. Yeah, and that's what Toto said. And yeah, talking about prayer circles, wouldn't it be amazing seeing Lewis Hamilton uh, winning the race? Ah, it would be incredible. I don't know if that circuit... Well, I'm trying to think of any circuit that suits uh, the Mercedes. I still don't get how they, they did well at Hungary. It does not add up. But there we are. We'll see. Mercedes, aero team, like chassis team, any part of you team, you've got to, you know... Pull up your pull up your socks, or you're going to be in the in the pot next week, right? So, Mr. Chimney, you might not be as close to this as your cousin, who I hope to have to have on the line today as my co-host. But uh, AMG Dens was involved in involved in a few accidents in Le Mans, and and I should say that actually, um, in race, um, he scored a podium, which was incredible, uh, with his co-driver Mike Farler, who again sublime driving. For me, he's got a touch of the Valtteri Bottas accent. He'll he'll love me for saying that, but enjoy it, enjoy it. Lovely, lovely guy. Uh, but on the way to that podium and genuinely 24 hours of action, um, AMG Dens uh, was was uh, you know the victim of a few collisions. Um, what do you know about this, uh, Mr. Chimney? How how much uh, the detail have you followed of your cousin's exploits this side of the pond? Like I gotta say, F1 Black. I mean, shout out to the boys. Shout out Mike Farler. You know, um, he he he's he's just there. You know, he's his his sarcasm and you know a sense of humor. It's a bit limited for me personally, but you know, goddamn fast driver. So I definitely gotta gotta give Mike Farler his, his shout out. And yeah, my my cousin AMG Dance. <laughs> oh boy, AMG Dance, the, the smooth operator, the the MDM, the modern day Morgan Freeman or something like that. But yeah, you know, I think that, you know, both of them, they put a lot of work into preparing for this esports event. What people don't realize about esports racing is that it's just as competitive as real life racing, you know, and that esports drivers, they try and find any exploits in the simulator to give them an extra 10 for two. You know, and the dedication, the practice, the data collection that they did basically to prepare themselves for that 24-hour race, man, it was something to be in awe of. And, you know, again, this being competitive, you know, never giving up, showing a real test of strength, you know, and a huge shout-out to everybody that was there to support them through. But like you said as well, F1 Black, I can't lie. I think my, my cousin, AMG Dance, he had a bit of a blooper. He, he himself went through a bit of a villain era when you saw the light coming to the end of the Monsanto Street when he got absolutely punted by LMP1 and LMP2 missile. But again, that's the thing with racing, F1 Black, as you see, people like Fernando Alonso, they ain't got no racecraft. So when you're driving, you got to give them an extra inch or yard, as we say in the States. And, you know, I think even after they got punted and after they lost two minutes in the garage with the, with the damage and then they came out, 
and then they were chasing for second and third place and then they were in first place again and then they they took avoiding accent when you know like a, another lmp1 missile was trying to lock on to the target and amg dennis avoided him but he hit the curb so he got next minute of damage the fact that they came through all that adversity and he still finished on the podium, I think it's a great sign. And, you know, shout out to Georgina as well, because she was telling, I think, AMG Dance, AMG Dance telling me about the great Georgina. She said, you know, that um, they mustn't give up. They, they got to keep fighting. They got to take the fight to the man. And I think they absolutely did that, man. So shout out my, my little cousin, AMG Dance. It's always going to be my little cousin. Um, I'm always the favorite one. I'm the more handsome one for the chicks out there. But uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm fairly proud of my cousin, and I'm sure you got a lot of um click click like you know a lot of like relatable moments and some funny kind of uh, howlers from that one too, Black. Yeah, I mean, you 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 know an awful lot about um the detail of that race, uh, Mister Chimney. You know, and I was just I was thinking, you know, AMG Dens has been under a lot of pressure. Um, Georgie works him incredibly hard. Then he does sort of twenty four hours of racing. He's you know, grinding, trying to keep his composure, but, you know, all these cars basically using him as a braking zone and, you know, um, it can't have been easy. So I just, I hope that guy's mental state's okay. You know, I hope maybe by next week uh, he'll be back to normal. But yeah, it was an incredible feat. Um, I mean, I haven't personally seen him since, uh, since just after when, you know, it was the end of the 24 hours, they did some donuts on the way into the pits. Uh, and then that was it. And then, you know, I haven't heard from him since, but an incredible feat. Uh, I think he pulled like a, a, a triple stint or something towards the end, Mike, allowing his teammate to basically collapse uh, and go back to sleep because Mike had done a huge shift in the night. Uh, but great fun. Those of you that haven't checked it out, I would strongly recommend you go and look at AMG Den's um, YouTube channel. That's where he keeps his uh, all his iRacing stuff, all his sim racing stuff. Really, really fun um so would, would very much uh, encourage you to have a look and uh if you like what you see give him give him a subscribe um i mean yeah mr chimney are you are you subscribed to your your cousin's channel he's all right man i, I subscribe and i check his videos from time to time but he's just a little dweeb man so you know i always look at him like my little cousin but yeah he's all right man he's all right and also whilst we're on the topic of it as well f1 black you know i mean shout out to stripping the dipping podcast because i had a look at the delivery of the car and man that porsche it was looking nice man that, that porsche made me want a new daughter you know something like that it almost rhymed but it did but anyway <laughs> like it had the stripping the dipping logo on there and then you could see the stripping the dipping you could see the sauce going on in the car as it's like overtaking people left and right so yeah man that was awesome that was really awesome and big shout out to all the contributors or the fans out there that you know keep us doing what we're doing but black whilst we're on the topic of it as well man we we i think we, there's a couple of things we need to do before we wrap up this episode man we got to vote for a, a mini champ of the week we so basically somebody in, in F2 or F3, which could be a champion one day, so like a mini champ. We got to vote for a moment of the race because I think our girl Pranusha, shout out to Pranusha Reddy and Amali, they said that we got to pick a moment from the race. And then um, we got to pick the donut of the week, man. We got to pick somebody that was a straight clowning, a straight, a straight donut, man. So um, yeah, mini champ of the week, moment of the race and donut of the week, man. Who, who are you picking? So I'm a fiercely loyal guy, um, you know, as you can obviously tell. Uh, I was watching the F3 this weekend, uh, as you do, and I saw uh, Arthur Leclerc 
pulling off some incredible moves. Uh, he didn't win any of the races, but he was cutting through the field, starting from a lowly position. Uh, so for me, mini champ of the week, Arthur Leclerc is not just the name. Uh, 21 years old, makes me feel old because he's born in the year 2000. Uh, I think he's going to make F2 in a, if it's not next season, a couple of years. But yeah, he, he looks like he's the pick of the field for me. What about you, uh, Mr. Chimney? got a shout out at offer you know offer did a decent job but i also got to shout out my boy liam lawson man not liam neeson <laughs> liam lawson man i'm telling you that boy got the he got he got the, he got the sauce man he he's just like absolutely styling and profiling in the f2 this week and i think he even had a little test drive in the in the alphatari and that's an interesting thing we'll probably discuss when amg dance comes back is yuki snow the seat safe for next season man because it looks like um uncle helmet one eye helmet, pirate helmet, looking to you know promote the the the, the sweet New Zealander, um, you know Liam Lawson into that Alvatari seat, man. So that's maybe something for y'all to discuss. And then also, man, I got to shout out my boy Zay Maloney, the Beijing sensation, because man, I'm telling you, he had a sprint race and my guy was on his roof, and then his engineer was like, goes quick on his wheels, mate. But anyway, yeah, like he was <laughs> on his roof. He had a horrific crash, which you know, thank God the halo saved his life. But then in the feature race, he actually won. My guy got a derp. So shout out to Zay, to Zay Maloney and Liam Larson too. They're, they're the street drillers. They're from the gang. But also F1, Blair, we got to get into the moment of the actual F1 race, man. So I'm going to put my nomination forward. I'm going to put, you know, um, Mr. Baguette himself, Mr. Esteban, Esteban, as, as Martin Brando's begging to speak to my boy because he's a celebrity. My guy, Esteban Ocon, man, he had an absolutely sensational overtake on Gasly and Vettel. Some gangster racecraft, man. Fernando Alonso could learn a thing or two from Ocon, but I guess that's why he's running to, you know, to let, to Lauren Strong and those guys because he's afraid of the challenge, man. But yeah, my boy Esteban Ocon, he just been on smoke. So uh, shout out to him for that overtake, man. What was your moment of the race? Yeah, my moment of the race, uh, as I say, I didn't watch the race. Uh, I didn't like the first lap. I watched that. That's the bit I watched. So my moment of the race comes from Twitter. And it's where our, our good friend over at Bus Bros, Scott McLaughlin, uh, just simply tweeted the two words, DRS sucks. Uh, and he then basically triggered a whole hive of responses. Um, looking back at the highlights of the race, uh, and basically, if you were in the wheel tracks of a car in front, it was a guaranteed pass. Um, for me, that was the moment of the race that uh, Scott called it out. I think Bus, Bus Bros is kind of giving him that that confidence. Uh, he's obviously a very mild-mannered, lovely chap, and he's decided to be outspoken. Maybe he's going through his billionaire era as well. So, yeah, uh, his observation uh, was was the moment of the race for me, and who knows what's going to happen next year. They've got the Kemmel straight. It's a huge... Huge slip, a huge toe anyway. We'll see whether the DRS is, is weakened a little bit. So look, the final thing is a donut uh, of the the race or donut of the day. Um, no um, copyright to our good friends, I think over at uh, the Slow Pit Stop, who who probably used the same uh, terminology. He, you know, in our been basically accused of bringing the sport into disrepute. It's an embarrassment. He's meant to be a statesman of the of the championship clearly he isn't he's just a petulant child so he's my donut of the day what about you mr chimney who's your donut? man i absolutely salute you on that one f1 black because i agree you know the 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 the, the spanish uh saltfish patty man he was stinking up the place man that, that guy needs to go they need to dash that guy in the 
been, my guy, because he, he's just washed up by the ocean. But you know what? Another honorable mention for Donald of the Week has to go to the FIA again for their inconsistency of racing incidents. And on top of that as well, not sending out. Well, let me put it this way. Them giving my boy Lewis Hamilton, you know, um, a warning for not going to the medical center when they didn't even send him a medical car in the first place. I mean, what nonsensical logic and hypocritical attitude is that, man? All they seem interested in and fascinated about is Audi joining as a sport engine supplier. And I don't even like Audis. I'm an American boy. So I like American Muscle and Hellcats and Dodge Challengers. But, man, as a, as a Mercedes fan as well, I'll be praying for Audi's downfall and the downfall of the FIA too. And let me, uh, let me get some conspiracy theories out there before we, we go home. Um, so, um, Stefano Dominicali, president of Formula One at the moment. But guess where he was between his time at Ferrari and his time running the commercial rights out of the sport? That's right. He was at Audi. So uh, what a surprise that they're welcoming Audi into Formula One. And you know what? I hope they bring engines, but it seems to me that they're basically just going to take over the Salva team. And it's not as if Alfa Romeo, other than the brand recognition, uh, brought much to the sport by way of um, by way of engines. So let's see. Uh, I hope it's a substance point, but the uh, PR more press and the proof will be in the pudding uh, or the dessert, as you say, on your side uh, of the pond. Um, Okay, so so any anything else you want to add? Uh, this might be your only appearance uh, on on the podcast, Mister Chimney. So use your chance wisely while while you still have it. Man, well, let me let me just say this, man. Shout out to everybody in the stripping the dipping nation. Shout out to my girl Georgina. She's one of the homies. Shout out to you as well, Black Man. I think that our chemistry, both as evil villains, I think it works out quite nice, man. And, you know, if you ever want to come to the States, you're always welcome, man. But yeah, it's been, it's been uh, Mr. Chimney. You know, if y'all want to hear me a bit more on this podcast, then y'all are going to leave your comments and, and your suggestions so I can, I can probably speak to Georgina get another episode but uh yeah man black it's been a blast man and um i heard i i, I can tell you i can reveal to you now i, I think my cousin amg dance will be back it's just that he disappeared because he used so many michelin tires during the 24 hours of the month he's still paying for them so uh, I, I think <laughs> that you know like that's maybe why he's been missing in action but he'd be back he'd be back no no i i don't think we miss him too much anyway but yeah you know i get him he, he's a bit of you know um you know just a bit of a goofball so yeah it'd be good to have uh, mr amg dance mr what do you call himself the smooth operator yeah right i'm the original smooth operator man i'm smooth like butter but anyway i'll hand it back to you black so you can do your lovely outro well i, I do worry about mr dens i hope that he's back in action uh for the cookout next week so guys uh so that was aired just before this one is mike ogren a fantastic interview uh, with uh, a racing driver, a skip barber, uh, racing school instructor, and an all-around nice guy, an engineer to boot as well. Give that episode a listen. We've got so much more in the vault ready to come out. Uh, and this has been the cookout. Next week, you're going to have the cookout. The week after you is going to have a cookout. Every time there's a triple header, you get us three weeks in a row. This has been uh, good old F1 blag with uh, the bad guy, Stoke Cold, Mr. Chimney, this has been the 8 p.m. Debrief Cookout. Good night.